and then as soon as that person's like, hey, it's been four years, it's been two years, whatever, I'm done, they leave, and there's no remnant of anything that has happened. There's just people who are left going, okay, well, now what? Welcome to the All of Life show, friends. I am your host, Stuart White, and uh, this is another episode. Alicia is not able to be here with us, but we have my father-in-law, Glenn Miller, Alicia's dad, and uh, we are going to have just an episode today talking about some stuff that he has been doing, some work, and we are very excited to have him. So, uh, welcome to the All of Life show. Nice to be here, Stuart. Uh, appreciate you taking the time to do this. This is not our normal time to record either, is it? <laughs> well, you not that you would know necessarily, but yeah, normally we, uh, we're typically recording at night and uh, some behind the scenes here would be that it is 6.30, something like that in the morning, 7? 6.45, 6.45, yeah. So... I might, this might be my new thing. Um, we ourselves, Alicia and I just got back from Maui, uh, with our kids and, uh, you guys were here house sitting for us, which was awesome. Uh, Maui was a very fun experience. Um, other than I sliced my foot open at the pool at a hotel and was told I wasn't allowed to get in the water for five days. Mm. <laughs> so that, that bummed me out just a little bit, but uh, and Hawaii it, is on an island, right? That is an island. Yeah, it is an island. Yeah, yeah. So and so a lot of water. Yeah, there's a lot of water. You're you're always trying to go swimming or do something like. So it, it drastically changed the last five days of my trip, but uh, but it's all good, and um, we are just glad that we got home safely. Didn't get uh, didn't get sick as <laughs> there is a lot of sickness going around right now, and we came home and the house looked immaculate. You guys did a great job. And so we were very glad to uh, to just come in. And now you guys have been helping us prepare as we've been moving. And that has also been greatly appreciated. So you're very welcome. Yeah. Glad to do it. So let's uh, let's dive right into this today. And um, you work have been working with a group uh, organization rather called Global Training Network. Mm-hmm. Um, can you just fill us in real quick on what Global Training Network is uh, and what it is you've been doing for them? Well, the. The, the important part about that is is that there's so many people that are Christians and even brand new Christians because God is moving it across the world in an amazing way. And so people need training. Uh, God's raising up leaders. The church is expanding exponentially. And 75% of the world's Christians live in this area called the majority world. And in, in that area, there's 7.3 billion people on planet Earth. Uh, 86% of those are from the majority world. And 75% of those people are Christians. So the world is growing, uh, or you know, it is growing, but the amount of people in the church is actually growing. Uh, oh, wow. A lot of it is happening in the majority world. So it's outpacing the church in the West. And so what we, what we do is we send pastors, many of them are retired pastors, GTN does. Over these last 15 years, we've been sending pastors to that part of the world to train those emerging leaders, those church leaders that are, that are coming into oh, the yeah, church. Yeah. yeah, there's a great need there. So, and the idea being that the leaders are probably people who are from those areas, people who are natives 
speakers in those areas who've grown up in those areas or whatever, right? That yeah, and they really don't have any access to Bible college oh. or or seminaries. Yeah. So they have to stay where they're at, and because many times they live because of their farming. So the pastors are actually bivocational, and they need training. Some of them are preaching from the same passages every Sunday. Like today's today's message is from John three sixteen. Next Sunday, today's message is from really? John three sixteen. Yeah, they just don't have the training yeah. that they need to go into the depth of teaching that is required to, to grow the church. And so this is where GTN steps in, mm-hmm. and you have been doing some training, uh, some of that training in all of this yourself. Yes, uh, this is my third year with GTN, and as I said, we've been in existence for 15 years. So we are, we've trained uh, thousands and thousands of, of pastors already. And what we find is that the turnover rate is very, very quick. Um, I was in Tanzania last summer, and after I went to Rwanda and then to Sri Lanka, I ended up in Tanzania for about a month in the summer. And there was a group of people that were meeting for the first time, actually the second time, one of the bishops of the church uh, was there previous to me. And uh, I got to meet some very, very fine people. There were 64 people there. Of the people that were trained there, one of them went to a remote location in Tanzania, planted a church. Someone was saved during that effort, and then that person that was saved came to the October training that mm-hmm. I had conducted there. So the turnover is quick. Wow, yeah. yeah. You were telling me a story of how, in, in some of these cases, the, the means that they use to reach out to people um, is often by a, a whole village or the, they'll come in and um, begin sharing a story. And from that story, it, it's not necessarily, boom, we, we did, you know, the five minute gospel presentation and the whole village got saved. Um, tell me, tell, tell our listeners a little bit about that. Well, the story was one of the stories that actually planted a seed in me way back when I was in Bible college. And the story goes, it's, it's a, a New Tribes mission group that went over to, I believe it was Papua New Guinea, and they began teaching the Bible as it is actually created. It's created as a series of stories. Mm-hmm. And so the, the idea is teach the Bible uh, in story form and get, it to, get to the point where people can understand because they've had the background. Mm-hmm. So the, the teaching was from the creation uh, of, of the world uh, by God who created the world and created man in his image. And then, you, and then just going through all of the stories of Abraham, for, ex, for example, and then, and then you get into um, Joseph, uh, and then you get into uh, Moses, and you know all of those main characters, and you tell these stories that build up to the gospel. Instead of getting right to the gospel without hard preparation, these people that came in from New Tribes Mission began t- telling stories, a series of stories, until they got to the gospel. And of course, before they got to the gospel, exactly, Judas was there, and the people couldn't understand why Judas betrayed Jesus. But yeah. when Jesus went to the cross, he was the innocent Lamb of God. And when people realized the gospel, being seen through the life of Christ, uh, they all responded together as a tribe, as as a group. So it's not at the individual reception 
uh, even though that's a miracle. It's a group of people coming to know Christ at the same time. In, in other words, people in other cultures receive the gospel differently uh, and in different methods than, than what, that what we often do here in the West. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's, I love that idea. Like that there's this pathway sort of taken where these people they're, they may just think they're hearing stories and they're going, I really like these stories. Um, but the purpose in the stories is, you know, showing that all of this fits together. Yes. You know, you and I were having a conversation uh, recently that the, the way that some people view scripture is very disjointed. Mm -hmm. They don't see the continuity of it all. And so some will even say something like, um, I don't really care for the old Testament. There isn't much use, uh, in there for me because the, the gospels, you know, from Jesus on covers everything. And now it, that, you know, is wildly incorrect, but I, I understand why they reach that because they think, well, it's, it's all about Jesus. And yes. we, you know, even on this show, we would say, absolutely. It is all about Jesus. And that's why we keep the Old Testament, you know? Exactly. And, and if you look at the Bible as, like, say, a jigsaw puzzle. Now, sometimes illustrations don't translate. When I'm teaching in Africa, they might not ever, you know, have yeah. done a, a jigsaw puzzle. But if you look at a jigsaw puzzle, and you, then, you, then you try to figure out, well, how you put it together. And what most people will do is that they'll do the borders or, or, they'll, or they'll do certain sections where they're, obviously it's the sky, so they'll put the blues together, mm -hmm. or obviously it's the ground, you know, because it's green, so they'll put the greens together. But the most, the most effective way to put a jigsaw puzzle together is to look at the box, the picture on the box. Mm. So if you look at the picture and you take half of the picture out, you can't you can't get a, a view uh, a, an understanding of the big picture and i think that's what happens because all of the old testament is a preview looking ahead to christ and so when it's prepared and taught that that way then it it just makes sense yeah that why jesus came yeah i i love that i love um I, in fact <clears throat> i know for us on the show often some of the examples we'll use at least in beginning to explain uh, the problems that humanity has, which even non-Christians will mostly, you know, admit, yeah, there's this problem and that problem, and they try political systems and they try wh whatever, yes. um, and often they end up realizing they're in agreement that the same things that the Christians uh, would say are problems, uh, yeah, they'll acknowledge that, but then they tend to find very different solutions or no solution. It's just acknowledging, yeah, well, that that's because you've got this um, mental thing or, or whatever it is, and that may be true, but they, they fail to see things in a kind of a holistic manner. Exactly. exactly. And, and one of the reasons why I teach what I teach, um, and I teach different topics, but my favorite topic is called Progress of Redemption because it teaches the whole story of the Bible. And, you know, some people might, you know, be familiar with the scarlet thread that weaves through the Bible. And when you look at how God prepared the world for Christ to come and for salvation to be brought through his death, burial, and resurrection, that is the, the fulcrum, that is, that is the main point of all of God's story. And, and the incarnation, Christ coming to earth, and then the resurrection— all of those things are the gospel. And the gospel is supposed to be something that is 
applied to our lives every day. It's not just mm-hmm. the gospel of forgiveness, but it's a gospel of freedom. Mm-hmm. And that freedom is, is to go holistically throughout our entire, it, it, we are a whole, mm-hmm. you know, spirit, soul, and body, you know, we're a whole. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, that's the thing. The theme of the all of life show is we're bringing the gospel to life. We're bringing it to every area of life. And what that really means is the power, the light, the freedom of the gospel is shining in every area. And we believe that, um, I've heard it said it's, it's a multifaceted jewel. And so each facet, each side of that jewel is, you could say another way or area, how it shines into your life in a particular way. Um, so for your marriage and for your children and for your career and for, uh, just your, your temptations, whatever it may be, we believe that scripture teaches that this actually uh, is a gospel problem at its core. Every, every one of our problems, because, you know, even using that example, of we're going, starting in Genesis, we're, we're starting there. You've got uh, the explanation of the fall of humanity. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have the brokenness that comes after that. You have, even in the very explanation of the fall, which tends to be um, understood, I think, often in a very overly simplistic way. That they'll be like, so wait, they ate some fruit? That's what, that's where, yeah, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. But it's, they, the, the reason and the heart behind what they did was, you shall be like God. They wanted to be their own gods and realizing at the core of every broken person is someone who has tried to be their own God in some way. They've, they've sought to replace him with something else. And, you know, every, every broken disorder is ultimately a worship disorder in some way. You know, we have failed to worship the true God because we've chosen something else. And it's like, you see how all these pieces begin to fit together. And, and for me, that's the thing in Christianity where, um, I'm sure some people who who would meet me or something would think, oh, well, you just must be one of those naive uh, Christians who, you know, you just, you were told it and you haven't really ever questioned it. And and the, the truth is, no, it's it's the only thing as I have questioned that made any sense whatsoever, which maybe sounds crazy if, if you're not a Christian, but seeing how that gospel weaves into every area and how the redemptive work of Christ is, is, the only thing that fits the void in in our hearts, that emptiness that we're looking for. Yeah, and and you know when we when we grow as a Christian, we we grow in different aspects and holistically, as you mentioned. And I I heard a great uh, illustration from a pastor from back in the Northeast um, who said that uh, you know when you play when you play the piano, when you start start playing the piano, you play with like one note. You just start plunking on one note like chopsticks, mm-hmm. you know, but then when you add chords, you know, the, 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 the music becomes much more full. And, and as you play the guitars too, you know, you, you, you play chords and instead mm-hmm. of just one string, you're, you know, you've got chords that you're playing and that music is so much more full. And if we are strumming on all the chords, you know, if we're, if we're hitting all, all the chords on the piano, it's such a, it's such a full feeling and, and a sound that you get. So when, when churches um, are strumming all the chords, you know, it's not just worship, 
where it's not just the teaching for as important as all those are, mm-hmm. if they've got all of the chords going, the, the, the music is so much more full. Yeah. And that's the same thing that takes place when, when you, when you go into these uh, countries in, in Asia uh, or in Africa, where I usually spend, you know, m- most of my time that they learn other chords to play, mm-hmm. you know, other notes and then their health becomes a much more vibrant and full and and healthy, and then they begin to uh, multiply. And as they multiply, then then you've got the leadership to meet the need of the multiplying churches. Right. So that's how it becomes more full and healthy, and 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 the church grows uh, really exponentially. It's something I really appreciate about Global Training Network, and from all that you have described and told me about it, um, a I, I suppose a criticism of modern day missions that I'm not the original person to ever have this either, but is the way at, at a certain point in history it became um, the American is going to go and they're going to try and continue to live at the means that they're used to living because they're comfortable with their you know, lifestyle. So they're going to go raise support um, and continually have the support and they're just they're not planting a church. They're not doing any of these things. They're just going and living among these people. And now I'm not saying that isn't a valid means of spreading the gospel, but where it was typically lacking was, and then as soon as that person's like, Hey, it's been four years, it's been two years, whatever I'm done. They leave and there's no remnant of, of anything that has happened. There's just people who are left going, okay, well now what? Um, and, and you look at the scriptural model Everywhere, like the Apostle Paul, for example, when he would go to a town, he would go into that town, he would preach the gospel to certain people, and then plant a church. Mm-hmm. He was he was about church planting, and then he would raise up leaders of that church, and he would get them ready, and sometimes spend one, two, three years with that group. And then you see these letters that we have um, where he's writing to these churches, yes. you know, the ones that if you look at the book of Acts, it's like, oh, that's... Galatia, Galatia, that's where he went here. Or, oh, uh, Ephesus, that's, oh, oh, the backstory is very interesting. Yes. So his his model, though, was raise up leaders, raise up a church so that there is this uh, influence continuing on beyond this one man. Yeah, and when and when you look at the churches um, and, and you, you, know, you look at all of the main uh, things that took place in the in the Bible, both Old Testament and then getting into the New Testament, one of the churches that that comes to the the, the light uh, and is because it reproduced. And you mentioned the Book of Acts, Acts thirteen, right in the beginning. You know where the, where that the Church of Antioch then sends out Paul and Barnabas, huh. and and you start seeing the church maturing. And and the reason why you you say it's maturing is because it's reproducing. It's sending people out. That's the maturing church. Um, uh, just a story, if I can, if I can uh, share this. Uh, I was in Tanzania in 1988, um, and I know that's that's quite some time ago. <laughs> uh, but I say it f- uh, because w- the church back east in Pennsylvania adopted the Sundawe people of of Tanzania. That was the the reason for going to Tanzania was to do survey work. Okay, so the, our church uh, sent out three people, and I was one of them, to go to Tanzania to do a survey trip, and we adopted the Sundawe people as a church. Uh, of course, then later on, 
I, I, I didn't get back there for quite some time, although two of the three original survey team did go back and they did stay there. They were there full time. And the, the idea was plant churches, reach the people with the gospel. Uh, God had another plan for my wife Stacy and I and our children. Uh, uh, Alicia was one of them. And we, we went from Pennsylvania down to Columbia Bible College and got our, our college uh, background and, and theological training for missions. But we never did get back to Tanzania. We ended up going into the pastorate. And, and I always thought, you know, I, I just, every once in a while I think, I wonder what it would have been like had we gone back, you know, to Tanzania. Yeah. But I ended up going back to Tanzania. Now remember, the tribe that we reached was the Sundawe. And I was going to go for discipleship and evangelism. When uh, I got back this past summer, as I've already mentioned, it was 31 years later uh, that I entered uh, and put and put my foot on the, wow. you know, and it was incredible just to be there. But then I got to the training site uh, where we had 64 people there for training. And uh, my host pastor said, you know, there's seven tribes that are, that are represented here. And he said, uh, I think you're going to be very pleased when you get there. And when, when I got there after the 31 years and after all of these thoughts about, well, how, I wonder what it'd be like to be back there. I got in front of these 64 people and 13 of them were Sandawe people. Wow. And so they had been reached, but they needed training. Yeah. You know, that there were 10 churches as if, when I heard it was, there was about 10 churches planted at the time. And so now more churches are, are, are going to be planted, not just among the Sandawe people, but among uh, the Barabaik, among the Orangi, there are a lot of tribes that are represented there in Tanzania. And now they've got people who are trained and are being trained for uh, more effectiveness in the gospel. That is awesome. So really, you know, you could say, just like the theme of our show, you're, you're bringing the gospel to life. You guys are bringing it to the life of the people there, the church there, and seeing how it is changing them and, and impacting them. Um, go into, tell us a little bit more about your progress of redemption class. Okay. Um, well, that again started uh, quite some time ago, uh, back in uh, Columbia Bible College there. There were some assignments that I had um, uh, where we had to put together um, Bible charts, and the charts were to show uh, uh, visually that story of the Bible. And I never realized how God was going to use that. Uh, now, 30, 40 years later, you know, I, I, we, we are now seeing God use the story of the Bible to actually communicate and sort of put the pieces together. You know, mm -hmm. uh, I can't say that, 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 um, that some of the, the, the people that are in training have never had any training before, but what, what happens is when people see the Bible coming to light and they understand that God does have a plan, and that he's working his working out his plan, then of course the next question would be, okay, well, how do I fit into that plan? It, it's not a matter of well, what's what's my vision? It's what's God's vision, and, and how is He accomplishing that vision? So for people to actually see that God has been methodically working out His plan throughout the last thousands of years, you can see that um, he does have a plan and a purpose. And so I also have a purpose, you know, for, for life. But how does it fit into God's purposes and God's plan and God's vision for the world? So 
Um, I'm not sure if I, you know, completely answered your question there, but were there anything specifically that, that you wanted to know about that? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm curious uh, about the, uh, you kind of covered some of the development of it. Um, what is the impact uh, of, do you, what are the advantages, I guess would be a better way of asking this, of preaching a progress of redemption uh, versus, you know, like you said, some of these villages you go into or whatever, and they would just know John 3.16 or something. Um, why is it important to see this progress of redemption throughout all of Scripture? Well, I, I don't... I, I, I've pastored churches, um, and when I preached every Sunday, I would take a certain section of the Bible. Mm-hmm. A lot of times churches will preach through books of the Bible, uh, you know, expositionally, you know, and, and, and what they're doing is they're taking a sliver of that story and they're, and they're preaching that story. So when someone hears that story, of course, they're asking, okay, well, where does this all fit? You know, how does this fit? It's almost like we're giving them little bits of, uh, of the puzzle each Sunday, but they can't quite tell where they all fit into the big picture. So to teach the progress of redemption is to show the big picture. And then after that, then when you see, like, I had 22 Bible charts, you know, when, so when you look at this one chart, then you can say, oh, I see where that fits. So if you, if you teach uh, a, a certain passage on a Sunday morning and someone can connect it to the overall picture mm-hmm. of where it fits, then it, makes, it gives it more meaning. You know, you, yeah. you can see the one piece of uh, one jigsaw piece. And if you just look at that, oh, uh, it, oh, that's nice, you know, yeah. but how, then you put it into the big picture and then you can see how it fits into the big picture of the story of the Bible. Yeah. I really like that because, um, like you said, if you're, if you're just jumping in to uh, a particular text, mm-hmm. you may get it right. <clears throat> but more often than not, what you see is, uh, even in some mega churches and things, the way that they're taught, there's no cohesive storyline whatsoever. Uh, in fact, it's you. It can be argued some of them are not preaching the gospel at all. Um, there's more of a God loves you and has a plan for your life. Um, and there's there's a really good book I remember reading a few years ago, and it's super short. It might even be on our website as a recommended book. Uh, it's called What Is the Gospel. And I don't even know that it was 100 pages. And the point of the book is to help Christians truly know what they know. And it starts off with asking, if you were to ask, you know, so-and-so or even this particular famous um, Christian musician or whoever, what what is the gospel? And some of their answers were like, you know, it's, it's just, it's the really beautiful... Um, the picture of God's love and some other people were, were doing the, it's the already, but not yet. Da, da, da. And they're giving this really robust theological answer, Yes, but you still like to somebody who's hearing that they're not going to know what it is that, that they're trying to say. Um, so I appreciate being able to give people a hook to hang their hat on, you know, um, when, when you can see the big picture, like you said, that, that jigsaw puzzle type of thing. And you see how that fits together, especially if you are a preacher or teacher, you're preaching through all of scripture and you have this ability to go, this is actually here truly because it connects. Yes. Not 
like we're making a false connection, you know, because I'm, I'm very big on like that every, every sermon is a Christ centered, Mm -hmm. God uh, glorifying gospel centered sermon. Mm -hmm. And what some might think of that is, as is they will, that means we're going to give an altar call every single time. That means we're going to give this evangelistic, um, you know, so if you're here and you're not a Christian, raise your hand, like that may be part of it, but it may not. Right. Um, and I think what has actually happened from that is it's produced very quick converts, but very shallow yeah. fruit. That, after that's that that's point. really true. And it's really a universal issue. Um, it, the challenge is for people to understand what the gospel is, because that's the message. That's the hope that we have to share. That's the power of God unto salvation is the gospel. So if we, we if we get that right, we're, we're on the right track. And, and when I ask people in Liberia or Sri Lanka or Rwanda or Tanzania, what, what is the gospel? And these are pastors. Mm-hmm. Right? And, and they, they say, well, it's the, it's the good news. Well, it's the word of God. Those, those yeah. come up all the time. Mm-hmm. And I said, but, but, you know, the word of God consists of many, many, you know, chap, many books, many chapters, yeah. many verses. What is the gospel? Yeah. And, um, like, would you say, oh, the verse Judas went and hung himself? Like, yeah, exactly. Is, is, is that, that, that is in the Bible. So. But is that good news? No, yeah. it's not good news. So we'll go to 1 Corinthians 15 in the very beginning and we'll talk about how Christ, um, died, he was buried, and he rose again. It's so simple. Mm-hmm. You ask people, what is the gospel? And they're kind of, their eyes sort of go, go up and over and they're trying to like come up with the, with the message themselves. Yeah. Yeah. It is true though. Yeah. Like you're, you're left wondering, wait a minute. Okay. You, you did get saved. Uh, you, you can see why when Paul writes to the people in Galatia and he says, tell me this, did you receive, you know, grace, did you receive it by faith in believing or was it by the works of the law? Um, he, he, he's not maybe just, he is sort of maybe being a little bit, um, facetious or whatever, but also clearly they didn't know either. <laughs> they were, they had gone back to this and this is sort of a thing I, why I believe it's so important that every, every sermon people hear every, everything it's continually reorienting their hearts toward Christ and toward the work that he has done in your place because our hearts have a tendency to drift and and move away from the power of the gospel and and uh, i've asked the same question uh, to um, groups of people in the united states as well and i'm surprised that i actually get the same response so it's not uh, a, an issue for uh, third world countries as we used to call it when now we call it majority world it's not just an issue there it's an issue here too mm-hmm. so if if we can if we can sharpen our focus and know exactly what that message is and where the power of God is in the gospel, then we can focus on that and um, people will respond to that. Yeah. I, I, I've talked with people um, and, you know, sometimes you're surprised at the response you get, you know. Sometimes right. people are just like waiting to hear. Yeah, you this. tell me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's it's a bit like in Acts, you know, you have Paul uh, asking, well, tell me, did when you got saved to the group, uh, did you receive the Holy Spirit or whatever? And they're like, we were unaware that there even was a Holy Spirit. You kind of get these reactions from people where you're like, did, how did you get saved? Like, what did you, what message did you hear? Cause you clearly you're, you're, you're here. You've been coming to church or wherever, but 
do do you know? And I'm not trying to cast doubt into their salvation, right. but more go, did, what happened? Like you, you started with it. Why are you not continuing with it? Yeah. The, the, the passage that you referenced was a passage that our pastor, one of the pastors from our church, dealt with just a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I, I preached this past Sunday, and the, the message from the previous Sunday was in Acts, I believe it was 19, and that was the issue there. But what's really interesting, and I, don't, I know that, that, we're, that we're not talking specifically about the book of Acts, but the whole of Scripture, is that when you track the growth of the church from the Jews... Um, and being introduced to Jesus from John the Baptist, of course, who baptized the baptism of repentance, and then you move through where Jesus baptized with the Holy Spirit, then you see that there is a development. And we take things for granted here in, in, in the West where, where we think that, wow, what's wrong with them? But, but in the progress of the church and in, and in the development of that movement from the Jews to the Gentiles, there were there were things that were taking place that that would stagger us, you know. But I I really feel like today, what I'm doing right now, is I feel like I'm living in the Book of Acts. There's no question about it. I mean, there are times when the travel becomes very arduous, you know, um, you know the the pressures of of flying in this little steel tube, you know, mm-hmm. across across the the, the waters. It, it, it it's um, there's some things that I'm dealing with that I wouldn't normally deal with, but man, when I land and I get in front of people and they're learning um, and they're growing and churches are being developed and multiplying and pastors are encouraged, it's just an incredible thing to see. And I just feel like this is the book of Acts. You know? I, I love that. That's so good. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time this morning to come on and uh, just tell us a little more about it. We'll have to do this again. Uh, but if love to people want to reach out to you uh, for any reason, what is the surest way for them to reach you? Email? Well, pastorglennmiller at gmail.com is, is a good way of reaching out to me. But if they want to go to the website uh, for Global Training Network, it's simply globaltrainingnetwork.org slash Miller. Oh, and they can go right to our biography on on that um, website, globaltrainingnetwork.org, and then slash Miller, and you can find information there about you know God's calling us into this uh, in, into this ministry, and uh, you know even uh, look around and see you know all of the different staff people. We have about 150 staff people now, and our goal is to train. Uh, thousands and thousands of pastors uh, this coming year so that we we actually can see this ministry continue to develop. So we have we, we want to get involved in 100 countries. This is our goal over the next five years. We want to see uh, two, 200 staff members, and we want to train an additional 50,000 pastors and leaders, which will directly impact about 5 million people because when we train one pastor— there are five more that generally get af- get affected based on Second Timothy two two, wow. the things that you have t- trained uh, and entrusted to others, who will entrust to others, and that reproducing continues yeah. on with those pastors that yeah. are healthy, healthy, healthy um, reproduction of the the sheep. <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, that is so good. If you guys are listening and you want to reach out, 
um, and find out more, uh, just go to that global training network.org slash Miller. Uh, that's M I L L E R in case, uh, you, you didn't know. So we really appreciate you spending the time with us today. And, uh, we wanted to let you know that we will be announcing on the uh, social media presence that we have. So Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, the book that we hid in Maui while we were there and we will have GPS coordinates and the first person to find it gets a free book. And then if you tag us on whatever platform that you find it on and uh, take a picture of you holding it or however you want to do it, we will send you a gift card to one of our favorite restaurants uh, over there and you can go and have a lovely dinner, breakfast, whatever you want to do. And we will, we would love to hear about that. So be on the lookout for that. If you would like to reach out to us directly, you can go to our website, the all of life show, uh, all of life show.com. And you can also email us at feedback at all of life show.com. And of course we are on Twitter and Instagram as at all of life show and Facebook at uh, facebook.com slash all of life show. Again, we appreciate you spending the time with us and we hope that this episode blessed you and was helpful to you and that you heard just a little more of the work that God is doing, bringing the gospel to the world and bringing the gospel to all of life. Thank you.